Let me close with this. I know you're tired. I really mean this, and I know you're frustrated. We all want this to be over. Good afternoon, everyone. That was President Joe Biden. He's finishing up his comments that he's making right now as he addresses the nation in regards to COVID and to the Omicron uh, variant that is spreading across the nation. That is now the dominant variant here in the United States of America. Yes, it was what, 24, 48 hours ago, they were saying it'll probably be two, three weeks, and then Omicron will be the dominant variant. Well, all of a sudden we wake up and it's like 24 hours later, 73%, I think 73% of all the cases right now are Omicron. So there is great concern. Everyone is talking about it. And Joe, President Joe Biden was addressing the nation right now. He's finishing up his remarks. I was going to wait to go live until he was done. But I thought, well, I'll just go right, right as he's concluding his remarks. I'll just come in live and uh, let you know, well, what is going on right now on this Tuesday, December the 21st, 2021. It is currently 2.07 p.m. Central Time. And I'm coming to you live from the empty sanctuary of Victory Baptist Church located right here in Ovalo, Texas, where it's a beautiful 70 degrees here in West Texas, where I think, what, Thursday, Friday, it's going to be like 86 degrees. So it's it's beautiful weather here in West Texas. It's great. It's wonderful. Everything feels great. It It feels like spring. But when you pay attention to what's going on in the world right now, doesn't feel like spring. It feels like we are in store for a very long and dark winter, not necessarily weather-wise. I don't know what the weather is going to do, but it's just going to feel cold, dreary, discouraging, depressing. It's going to be painful. There's going to be sickness and there's going to be death over the next four to eight weeks at a minimum, if not longer because of the COVID pandemic and because of the spread of the Omicron variant. There is a lot to talk about this afternoon. This is not the subject I would like to discuss right now. Let me tell you, this is not the subject I would like to be talking about. However, as I was at home today, just looking, listening to news special news reports, this report from this this news agency, this news agency, everyone talking about Omicron, COVID, everything that is going on. Um, I just I just kept reading report after report after report. And then I just stopped and I asked myself a very important question. What is the moral responsibility of Christians? What is the moral moral responsibility of churches in the middle of a global pandemic, and I know global pandemic is is somewhat redundant because a pandemic is, well, global by definition, but just to emphasize it, what do we have any moral responsibility? What is a moral responsibility? Do we have any responsibility at all? So let's just start. Let's start with a uh, the definition of moral responsibility, all right? Let's go here. I'm going to go to uh, Stanford... Um, I'm going to go to the Stanford Encyclopedia of Philosophy. That's where we're going to go. Moral responsibility, making judgments about whether a person is morally responsible for her behavior and holding others and ourselves responsible for actions and the consequences of actions is a fundamental and familiar part of our moral practices 
and our interpersonal relationships. So I mean, let me read that to you again. Making judgments about whether a person is morally responsible for her behavior. So let's just start right here from a Christian perspective. Do you believe we are responsible for our behavior? Do you think we are morally responsible for our behavior? I think that that's a, a, a very much a fundamental belief within Christianity that we are morally responsible for our behavior, especially before a holy God, right? God says, this is what you are to do. This is what you're not to do. And if you do what is wrong, then that is condemned as sin, right? We are morally responsible. Would we agree? Do you believe we are morally responsible in our behavior as it relates to other people? And we would obviously, as Christians, would have to say, obviously we are, because God commands us how we are to act towards other people. We are to love people. We're to turn the other cheek. We're to love even our enemies. We're to place others before ourselves. So as Christians, we believe in moral responsibility. I, I think that would everyone would agree that's a fundamental aspect of Christianity. So if we are if we believe in moral responsibility, what is that moral responsibility? In the face of a global, again, I'm emphasizing it, pandemic. Do we have any responsibility or do all we have to care about is ourselves? Is that all we have to care about? Can we say, you know what? I don't care if I spread COVID to someone else. Not my, responsibil my, not my responsibility. I don't care if I get COVID and then have to take up an ICU bed, which then limits other people's ability to get that same bed and get the care they need. Not my responsibility. I don't care if I get COVID, go to the hospital, and then possibly infect the medical staff. Not my responsibility. I don't care if I go to church and spread it. Not my responsibility. Is is everything about not our response is, is the new Christian is the new Christian morality of 2021 is not my responsibility, not my responsibility. I don't care. I'm going to do what I want. Is it about, is, is the Christian worldview now, I'll do what I want. I don't have any responsibility to anyone else and I don't care. Is that, is that the, the new, uh, I, I, I don't know, but I know this. I believe in moral responsibility. And I believe that I have a moral responsibility as someone who has a microphone right here in front of me, who has the ability to hit a big red button and go live on the air Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, in the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening, 24-7. I can go live whenever I want to talk to as many people as I can possibly get the message to. I believe I have a moral responsibility to try to talk about the pandemic in a morally responsible way. What, what would, what would just, just again, thinking about this really just, I know we're going a little bit philosophical, but, but it really is not even philosophical. I think it's actually biblical. Okay. We have a moral responsibility. I, I think oh, as Christians, we all should acknowledge we have a moral responsibility. So if we have a moral responsibility, what is our moral responsibility when we speak about COVID? Well, I think there's some, some basic rules here, right? Number one, we have to be factual. We cannot be throwing out, you know, crazy ideas, conspiracy theories, false information. We cannot spread lies. That's we have a moral responsibility not to spread lies, but to speak the truth. I think I think everyone can agree with that. Yes. Now there can be differences of opinions, 
There can be different approaches, but whenever we're discussing those different perspectives and different approaches to a particular situation, we cannot try to justify our perspective or our opinion with fraudulent information. We cannot do that. So we have to verify, verify, verify. We cannot bear false witness. When you say, well, everyone in that hospital down the street, they're all in the conspiracy. There's no real COVID. They're all lying. You just made an accusation against real people. And if your accusation is false, you just bore false witness against a number of people. You That makes you morally responsible and you're not behaving in a Christ-like Christian way. And I've seen too many Christian podcasts and websites making these types of accusations about everyone, people in the government, hospitals, doctors, everyone. They've made all kinds of wild, crazy accusations. They've made, they've made accusations and claims about the vaccine. They've made, uh, I mean, it just doesn't matter. It's almost like Christians have just decided in the middle of a a pandemic, moral responsibility no longer exists. Can we just ignore moral responsibility in the middle of a pandemic? I think if there's ever a time we can say, what am I morally responsible to do? And there's basic things in the scripture that we have talked about. So what is your moral responsibility? I, I just think that that's, I think that's just a, a very basic question. And then, so, so let, let, let's just start with that. So what is, what is our moral responsibility? I really want you to just think about that and try to answer. What is your moral responsibility as an individual? What is your moral responsibility as a family? What is your moral responsibility as a church? As we're getting ready to go in to a very dark and unpleasant four to eight weeks, if not longer. I'm hoping the Omicron variant, if I can speak correctly, variant, you can tell that there's a lot of emotion built into me this afternoon, right? I've just, oh, I've been listening and listening and listening and listening. And it's just, yeah, there's a lot here. And I've been processing and processing. So I'm sorry to just turn on the microphone and just like, boom, just hit hit you with it. I didn't even ease into this, but there is a lot to say. So just stay with me. We have a lot to talk about and, and hopefully I can, I can try to make this as beneficial as possible. So what is our moral responsibility? I believe I have a moral responsibility to be talking about it to try to offer some kind of balance, some kind of perspective, and try to do everything I can to protect people from being pulled into some abhorrent direction where they're not acting like Christians or thinking like Christians. They're acting in a morally reprehensible way. They're not demonstrating moral responsibility. They're demonstrating a lack of morality in their thinking and actions in the middle of a global pandemic. Right? That, that's something that has to be considered. And um, yeah, I mean, there's so, there's so many issues we could talk about that, uh, talk about in, in regards to moral responsibility. So I just want you to think about that. What is your moral responsibility? And then here's what I really want you to think about. What is your solution? What is your solution? It seems every time I get emails about all of this, right? Because as soon as I talk about it, it's just, it's crazy. 50% of the audience immediately turns against me. Just immediately, it's just like immediately, boom. And we're against you because this is so politicized. And it's so weird. Why is there, why in the middle of a pandemic, everyone sees the same pandemic through the lens of politics? Well, right there tells me what I have been screaming about for, it feels like 20 years, the political hijacking of the church. 
Why do Christians, when they talk about the COVID pandemic, sound like Republicans or sound like Democrats instead of sounding like Christians? Why is it so politicized? I, it just drives me, it just, it absolutely drives me crazy. But that, that is where the situation is. So no matter what I say, people get upset. But here, so here's my question, all right? Again, there's so many things. So number one, what is your moral responsibility? And number two, what is your solution? What is your solution? Because as soon as I talk about it, I'm going to get all kinds of emails. Just and, it, and, and basically, I can kind of, I can pretty much summarize most of the emails this way. I'm not wearing a mask. I'm not social distancing. I'm not getting the vaccine. I'm not doing anything. And that's how it sounds. It sounds like a little kid just, I'm not doing anything. I'm not doing anything. And you're like, what in the world? My daughter just, I have, I have her voice memo. I think I have the voice memo on my iPad. Um, she, she obviously works for American Airlines. She's been busy. I think she was on multiple flights today uh, doing different things. And there was a gentleman. He gets on the plane, clearly not wearing what he's supposed to be wearing as a mask, right? Wearing something, you know, some, uh, you know, absurd thing on, on his face to try to make some, you know, frivolous, ridiculous point. And my daughter has to, and this is a grown man. My daughter has to walk up to him and say, uh, that's, that's not approved. Yes, it is. No, it's not approved. Yes, it is. They let me through uh, airport security. Sir, there's a difference between airport security and the guidelines and the rules put forth by the airlines. If you're going to be on this flight, you have to wear an approved mask. That is not approved. No, it's not the rule. You go show me the rule and then I'll listen to you. So my daughter walks away. Immediately pulls up the rule, walks right back, takes her phone, shows him the rule. And he then as like a two-year-old child, he refuses to look at her phone. Says, I'm not going to look at that. I'm not going to look at that. You should just leave me alone. You should just let me enjoy my flight. So again, all he cares about is himself. Doesn't care about anybody else. Doesn't care uh, even about my daughter. Doesn't care about anybody else, but his own selfish his own selfish pursuits. And my daughter's basically like, well, look, you're not going to enjoy your flight because if you don't put on the correct mask, you're not going to be on this flight. You're going to be removed. It's like, why is my daughter dealing with a grown man acting like a toddler? What, like, what has happened to people? So it's just insane the way people are acting. But back to my question. So what is the solution? Because what I get from most people who email me is I don't want to do anything. No mask, no social distancing, no vaccine, nothing. The church, that's how the church is acting. No, we're not going to limit the size of, not only are we not going to shut down, we're not going to limit the size of how many people can meet. We're not going to have masks. We're not going to social distance. We're not going to do anything because it's about us. But then we claim, but no, but really, really, it's about God. It's about Jesus. It's about, see, as, many, as soon as we say it's about Jesus, then we can do what it, it reminds me of our study of, of Isaiah 7, 8, and 9, where when uh, Ahaz was given the opportunity to ask for a sign, he got all super spiritual. Oh, I would never tempt the Lord with a sign because he'd already made up his mind. He didn't want, he didn't care what God wanted. He didn't care what God's plan was. He didn't care what, didn't care what God's way was, God's will was, or God's word was because Ahaz had it, his own way, his own will, and his own word, which I'm going to join with the, uh, the Assyrians. 
but he covered it up trying to make himself sound all spiritual. And Christians love to, oh, I, I, you know, faith over, we just throw out every spiritual thing, but all it demonstrates is we're, we're like little kids who want our way and not willing to do anything else. The whole, so what is your solution? When I was in the military, I had a rule, I had, I had a simple rule because at times I was in charge of lots of people. Uh, and so I had a rule. Do not come knock on my door. Don't come walk up to me and give me a complaint. If you walk up and give me a complaint, I am not listening to you. They say, so I can't complain about anything? No, give me a solution. Walk up and say, hey, what, what if we do this? Hey, do you think this would work? Whatever the problem is, don't present it as, here's the problem. Present to me the solution. What, 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 what can we do better? I will listen to your suggestions. So when it comes to Christians and COVID, what is your solution? Well, we're going to have church. We're not going to social distance. We're not going to mask. We're not going to get vaccine. We're not going to do anything. That is our solution. Okay. So 800,000 people dead. And your solution is do nothing. Do absolutely what? That is brilliant. That is That is a great solution. Let's do nothing. We have a new variant. And guess what? The more it spreads, see, this is how it works. The more it spreads, the more opportunity for it to evolve, for it to change, for it to mutate, for all those things to occur. You have to stop it. The more it spreads, the more it changes. The more it changes, the longer this continues. So what do you want? To be dealing with this? And 2075, three, I mean, where, where do you want it to end? Never. Now, everybody says, oh, I want it to end. I'm so tired of it. I, we're all tired of it. But what is your solution? What is your moral responsibility? And what is your solution? It seems that many Christians, their only solution is to criticize, to criticize and then try to find questionable to downright fraudulent information and share that. That seems to be the Christian mission now. Criticize and spread fraudulent information all in the name of Jesus. Yeah, that's, that's, that's brilliant. That's, can't we have a, a better thinking process, a more biblical one? So, so this, this whole situation right now, it's not good. It, it is not good. And I'm just going to give you, I, I, I had, we're not even going to be able to get to everything I wanted to get to here. Um, we're going to have to make this two parts. But um, yeah, what, what I'm going to do here is I'm going to play a little bit and I'm going to probably play this again in the next episode because I really was going to break down what I wanted to do in this episode was again, once again, try to demonstrate what the world is saying versus what the church is saying. And, and, and it's just so bizarre to me what has happened here. Again, the church, for the, for the most part, the mindset is do, no, we have no moral responsibility. And it's like we're pilot. I wash my hands of this situation. We don't need to do anything. We don't need to say anything. Just business as usual. Keep those donations coming in. Let's make sure that offering plays, plate gets passed Two times, let's make sure we get as many people in this building as possible and we don't worry and we don't care about anything else, okay? Because we, we, we have, uh, we have our, our moral, we don't have any moral responsibility. 
And it just seems a little odd to me. And then we wrap it up in the, in the I mean, we wrap it up in the most self-righteous language we can. It's about Jesus. It's about trusting. Oh, we make it sound like, you know, we're back in the early church, you know, standing up against the evil Roman Empire who's trying to feed us to the lines in the Colosseum. I mean, we, we, we wrap it up in, in the language that just, I mean, it's just crazy how we are describing the situation. You know, we're fighting the Nazis for crying out loud because, you know, that's what the Nazis were trying to do. They were trying to save people's lives by, I don't know, putting them in a gas chamber and killing them. Somehow, you know, it's, it's somehow the, the same. Just crazy things. So I really wanted to demonstrate that. And once again, what we're going to do is have a clip from a news show that I was listening to late last night as I was going to bed, podcast. Um, And they they started talking about Omicron and everything that had changed just in, what, 24 hours. And then I was going to go back to that sermon that was the featured sermon on Sermon Audio, where it's a COVID apology to America, the church apologizing. Because I don't think we've explored that enough. Even though I've given everyone the opportunity to listen to it, I don't think we can just ignore that. So what I'm going to do here, I'm just going to play a little bit of the news program, get you just kind of a, an idea. Then, we'll, in this live broadcast, we'll come right back with, with doing everything, you know, a, a correct uh, intro. We'll do everything correctly. And then we will, we will jump in. Um, if, if basically, if you listen to, to Biden, I mean, he's basically warning that it's going to be a long, horrible winter. And he, he puts the emphasis on basically his emphasis is on two things, vaccines and testing, vaccines and testing. He doesn't want to do any lockdowns, it appears, or at least as of right now. Now, a lot of things are already being uh, locked down, shut down. Broadway, they're starting to end a lot of things on Broadway. Uh, the NHL, the National Hockey League, they just went on pause for the next couple of weeks. They stopped. Uh, NHL, uh, the NFL's post- postponing games, moving games around. NBA is postponing games. There's a lot of a lot of situations that are starting to develop once again. Now, people, you may sit there and say, "It's an overreaction. It's an overreaction." You can say that. I I, I don't know how. I don't know. It's just amazing. 800,000 people are dead. And no matter what anyone says now, it's an overreaction. Everything is an overreaction. I remember how everyone reacted on 9-11, September the 11th, 2001. I remember how everyone reacted there. Everyone lost their minds. And very few people were saying it was an overreaction. 800,000 people dead. And that was what, what, right at 3,000, around 3,000 people died on that day. Horrible. Tragic. Never forget the day. I could tell you all the stories about everything that happened to me that day. Well, I was in the military and everything that went down. It was absolutely crazy. It was it was right to take that serious. It was right to to consider it. But eight hundred thousand dead, and the and the attitude by many are like, yeah, whatever. Next, and it's like, well, again, moral responsibility. What is your solution? But let's just listen to a little bit of what I heard last night as they talk about, well, everything that was developing last night, more developments today. Uh, I got a notification. Let's see, what time did I get this notification? Um, at, let me see here, what time? At 11.37 a.m., Massachusetts activates National Guard to support hospitals. So now we got military being activated, uh, National Guard being activated to support hospitals. I mean, 
you, you can say it's all it's all a grand conspiracy being pulled off by, I don't know, some person in an underground bunker somewhere with direct communication to millions of people. Uh, you, you can go there if you want to just, I mean, look, if you want to drink the QAnon Kool-Aid and you want to spend your life with, a, you know, thinking it's all a conspiracy, you can. You can. You can You can tell all the people who lost loved ones uh, because they died of COVID that, hey, you know, I don't believe you. I don't believe your loved one really died. I mean, you can go, you know, full-blown conspiracy like, you know, you know, denying Sandy Hook uh, the mass sh- shooting occurred. You can you can just start den- uh, den- saying that all the s- bad events are not really real and they're just uh, f- you know, false flag events. You you can go there if you want. I just wish you wouldn't do it in the name of Christ. That's what I wish. But here's a little bit of what I heard last night happy to have you here. Two weeks ago, the CDC said that the Omicron variant of COVID accounted for 0.4% of all the COVID known to be circulating in this country, 0.4%. Then last week, the CDC said um, it went from 0.4% of all COVID to 3%. Now, from last week to this week, Omicron has gone from 3% of all the COVID in the United States, from 3% to 73%. 0.4% two weeks ago, 3% last week, 73% this week. 3% to 73% in one week. 0 to 73 in what, two weeks? That, that's just absolutely crazy. Now, that doesn't mean everyone who gets it is going to be in the hospital. Doesn't mean everyone gets it's going to die. It just means the number of that 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 this is easily it spreads easy. It's easy for people to get infected, and I, the more people are infected, just takes a small percentage of that larger number overwhelm the healthcare system, overwhelm the healthcare system, and it just takes a lot of people who are irresponsible and only care about themselves to spread it to other people who may not even be in a position to do anything to protect themselves. There are some of us, like myself, who cannot get the vaccines. Therefore, I am more vulnerable that if I get it, to be hospitalized and possibly face death from a human perspective. Obviously, I understand God is sovereign, but that is a... That is frustrating that other people could care less about their responsibility. They don't care about anybody else but themselves. I can't do anything. When I asked my doctor, hey, can I get the vaccine? She just laughed her head off. She's like, no, you cannot. You remember what happened? No. Okay, it, you'll probably die. We don't know what will happen to you. All right, well, that's that's comforting. Okay, so I can't get the vaccine but if I get COVID, I have, from a human statistical perspective, I have a far greater chance of not only being hospitalized, but possibly dying. That's, and, and, and fellow Christians will be like, eh, well, your problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah who cares? Not going to do anything for you. Not, not, not my problem. Not my responsibility. Not, I don't care. I don't care. Thank you. Thank you for that. Such a Christ-like wonderful attitude. I just greatly appreciate that. I just, I really want you to know that. So bye-bye Delta. Um, Omicron is now leaping ahead, becoming the dominant strain in the United States of America in just a lightning flash. 
in terms of what the new Omicron pandemic is going to be like compared to the Delta pandemic, compared to the original strain coronavirus pandemic before that? Well, what we know about Omicron thus far for sure is that it is massively contagious. It's just massively transmissible. Uh, we know that, yes, vaccinations help. Um, when it comes to Omicron, it helps prevent you from becoming infected. And it certainly helps, certainly helps you um, avoid serious illness, hospitalization and death. Vaccinations do help. Even if you are already vaccinated, though, we know in the case of Omicron, you need a booster now. If you're not vaccinated yet, my God, now's the time. I mean, the, the big question here is we do not yet know exactly what this new variant and its massive transmissibility, um, the huge case numbers it's already generating, we don't know what that means for expected hospitalization numbers and death numbers. So, so far, for example, New York City, which is a place that's very highly vaccinated, they are seeing the largest daily case numbers they have ever seen. More new infections per day in New York City right now than they have ever seen ever before. But that's the case numbers. Hospitalization numbers aren't, don't look the same. The hospitalization numbers in New York City are not rising too, as huge numbers of new infections are reported. Now, this way of now a couple of things: you have a place that's highly vaccinated, but cases are exploding. So, see, some people say, "Well, see, the vaccine's not working." Well, look, first of all, the vaccines are never guaranteed to keep us from ever getting it. All right sterilized immunity is not not what a lot of vaccines do that what they're supposed to do is lessen the severity of something if you do get it so let's just go with the idea that okay new york people are a high vaccination rate but cases are absolutely exploding all right so that is a pretty much a warning sign that no matter where you live a place where there's lots of vaccinations or a place with very low vaccination rates Cases are going to explode. That's that's the first warning sign right there. We're getting ready to see an explosion of cases pretty much everywhere, irregardless of vaccinations. However, currently in New York, currently, now it will take about two to three weeks before we see, currently hospitalizations are not going up. Now that could be an indicator because they're highly vaccinated that it's not leading to severe illness, which would be a great thing and show you the benefit of the vaccine. Now, two or three weeks from now, two or three weeks from now, if all of a sudden the hospitalizations just blow up, they just, I mean, they just like, it's, you know, the graph just goes straight through the roof. And all of a sudden people are not only in the hospital, but with severe illness and death. Well, that will be a somewhat of a horrible, frightening warning that maybe the vaccines will not protect against Omicron. Now, right now, everybody seems to think that it will. But we have to wait to see what those hospitalizations do. If they remain low, then places with high vaccination rates may get large number of cases. However, it may not lead to large hospitalization rates, which would be a positive thing. Lives would be saved. Resources would be protected. The healthcare system remains intact and everything moves forward and we can move past it after we reach the peak of the Omicron variant spreading. And we'll have to wait and see what the next variant will be. All right, but so right now that there, you know, people will jump to all kinds of weird conclusions about that. We have to wait and see what happens. Now, in areas where there are not high vaccination rates, once those cases explode, what's going to happen? All we, this is just very a very basic idea to remember. 
First, you look at the number of cases per day. As they go up, remember, hospitalizations and deaths will are always about two to three weeks behind that. So if you get this week a massive influx of new cases, the hospital hospitalizations and death rates, if they're going to go up, they will be about two to three weeks behind. So because of what a lot of people say, well, look, there's all these cases, but the hospitals aren't overwhelmed. See, 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 see. Okay, how about you stop saying see, 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 and you wait and give it two or three weeks, and then we can look and see what we can draw, what conclusions that can be drawn from the situation at that time. If the hospitalizations shoot up, people start dying, resources are overwhelmed, hospital workers are getting infected. That's always a a grave danger because, look, everyone can sit at home and go, this is a bunch of garbage. This is a bunch of garbage. I'm not going to do anything. And, of course, remember, whenever then they're all of a sudden they're like, (gasps) and they can't breathe, where do they run to? They don't, they don't run to their f- group of friends on Facebook who all believe it's all a, a bunch of, of lies. No, no, no. What they run to is the very hospital and then they want care and then they want it to be taken care of and then they want their life saved and then they want the resources and then they want the medicines and then they want everything uh, because, well, now they want their life to be saved. And they don't care if they put that healthcare worker, their lives at risk. They don't care if that healthcare worker gets sick and dies. No, they don't care because all they care about is themselves. COVID is no longer a pandemic about a virus. It's a pandemic of utter selfishness and narcissism that is so ingrained in the American mindset, even inside the church. That is what this has become. It's all about you. It's all about what you want. It's all about your thoughts. It's about your freedom. It's about you, 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 you. Just as well put Satan in charge of the United States of America. Can't be more self-centered. Me, 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 me. I will sit upon the throne. I will rule. I will do whatever I want. I don't care about anybody else. I don't care if I get other people sick. I don't care if other people die. I don't care what the hospital workers want. I don't care what the people on an airline want. I don't care about people in a grocery store. It's all about me. That's what this has become. And that is spiritual. That is a spiritual issue. That is no longer political. That's no longer about medicine. That's no longer about statistics. That is biblical. You're not to be that way. You are to deny yourself, die to self, stop following yourself, putting others before you. This is a biblical issue. Let me stress it again. This is biblical. This is theological. It's not political. It's not even medical. What is your moral responsibility in it? And what do you want people to do? It's like the only thing the church cares about is, well, what what position can we take right now that will ensure that we get more people to show up, more donations, and we can make get our 15 minutes of fame? Oh, well, it looks like if I if I put my finger up in the air right now, it feels like the best position to take is Don't follow any of the rules and more people will come to my church. That's what I need to do. That seems to be the way. And people are like, no, how dare you say that? We're doing it on principle. We're doing it for God. You're doing it for yourself. Because you would think about other people. 
at least to some level. You would think about it. And I've seen the videos of churches flaunting it. Look at us. We're here praising God. Not a mask in sight. We're godly. Look at us. All of you are, all those other churches are full of fear and liberals. But look at us. And, and then when, when somebody in leadership gets COVID, oh, let's keep that on the down low. Let's keep that secret. We don't want anybody to know. We don't, we got to shh, don't tell anybody. Now, a couple of months later, we'll tell everyone that I had COVID, but we won't do that now because, because, you know, we got, we got a, we got a, we got some street cred we have to protect. All right, let, let's listen a little bit more. Of Omicron infections in New York City is sudden. Hospitalizations always come a little bit after the new infections happen. So it's possible we've got a little lag time issue here and the hospitalizations will go up. It's also possible that an overwhelmingly vaccinated population can sustain significant numbers of new infections without crushing the hospitals because the vaccines do that that type of good work against this type of variant. We'll see. As the new Omicron variant overspreads the country, and again, it appears to be way more contagious, way more transmissible than Delta or the original strain, as we are poised to have just a huge crush of new infections sweep the country, the problem, even as we we, we don't know exactly how it's going to affect hospitalizations, the problem right now is we're about to get huge numbers of new infections, um, is that the hospitals in much of the country are already being crushed right now even before massive new Omicron infection numbers start hitting everywhere. Rhode Island emergency room doctors have just put out a statement saying that that state's health system, quote, is currently collapsing. Quote, no one who is practicing medicine alive in this country right now has ever experienced what we are going through right now. Again, that's emergency room physicians in Rhode Island. And what drives me crazy is Christians seem to care less. They don't care what the medical world's going through. They don't care what nurses are going through. They don't care what doctors are going through. They don't care. They just don't care. Who cares what you go through? Not my problem. But we're going to have church. We're going to do it our way. We're going to make sure we make a point. We're going to make sure we let everyone know. And then when we get sick, we're going to run to that very healthcare system that's being overwhelmed so that we can contribute to it being overwhelmed a little bit more. And then we're going to demand that we get the best care right now. And we're going to make sure those doctors take care of me. The very doctors that you won't listen to, the very doctors you ignore, those are the ones you're going to run to. That, that's, that's where we are today. That, that's where we are today. I could, I could go through headlines right here. Like I said, I've already read from the one. Um, in fact, I sent it to my daughter since she lives in Massachusetts about what's going on there. Um, I mean, she probably already knows what's going on there. She's too busy dealing with, you know, grown men acting like children on, 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 on flights. Um, I mean, some of, the, some of the headlines right now, uh, Omicron sweeps across the nation. Texas records first death in the U.S. of Omicron. Uh, the patient had been infected before was affected again, infected again. Obviously, he wasn't vaccined. Um, there we go. You know, so we can go on to on. You see, uh, uh, Chicago to require proof of vaccination. Uh, virus fears widen. Uh, 10% positive on a Miami flight. Uh, NHL shuts down. MA, uh, Massachusetts activates troops. Uh, see, uh, long COVID patients report vibrations, tremors. Uh, and then see, 
and it just goes on and on. Uh, New York City smashes case record for a fourth day in a row. Um, and then, well, there's just, there's just, I mean, headline after headline after headline after headline after headline. So what can I, what can I do in this broadcast? Because I didn't, this did not go the direction I wanted it to go because there's other things I wanted to do because I wanted to get back to this, this sermon on, hey, Let's apologize. The church needs to apologize for how we handled COVID. And I, again, when I saw it, I, I almost knew which direction it was going to go. We've already played some of it. We'll, we'll play, uh, we'll, we'll work through all of it in the next uh, broadcast because it's just, well, it, it just gives you an in- insight to how many people in, within Christianity are thinking about the entire situation. So let me just summarize it this way. Number one, what is your moral responsibility? Do you have any moral responsibility at all? I think the Bible would clearly outline moral responsibility. It it seems like the church has forgotten. We only think of moral responsibility in certain situations, but not in a situation that could possibly make us do something we don't want to do. I mean, hey, my moral responsibility stops when I have to do something I don't want to do, or I can't do something I want to. That it just, it's really, sometimes I just think we play a lot of games within the church and we're not really serious about anything, okay? So moral responsibility, what is your solution? I still want some Christian to give me a solution. What is, again, I've watched it too many times during the pandemic. Hey, this church is located in a particular city. That city right now has an explosion of cases, hospitalizations, the the hospitals are overwhelmed, they're needing help. And, And so the city will issue some kind of, you know, mandate Hey, you cannot have gatherings over this size. You got to do this. You got to social distancing, wear a mask. And then church, many, not all churches, but there'll be a church or two or, or many or whatever the case may be within those cities who say, nope, we're not following any of the rules. And what always blows my mind is they, they won't even be willing to try to work within the rules. It's this very either or mentality, right? And, and this is what drives me crazy. It, 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 it won't be like, okay, look, all right, hey guys, our local community right now is being overwhelmed. At the same time, we feel a responsibility to maintain certain things that we believe are biblical. So here's what we're going to do. We are not going to stop all in-person services. However, we're going to limit the number of people who can attend each one. We're just going to increase the number of services that we offer. We will require masks and social distancing. The social distancing will take care of itself. Why? Because we're going to limit the number of people who can attend each service. We'll just increase the number of services. So you're going to have multiple opportunities to show up. We can only let so many people in. We're going to work it out this way, whatever the case may be. And then we'll just work it out. Everyone will be able to come and we're going to increase the number of hours we're live streaming. We're going to increase a lot of Bible and just come up with every opportunity. But no, the churches are like, nope, not going to follow one rule. And it's like, you can't even... I got no problem under, you know, saying, okay, well, I think that's a little bit of government overreach. I think that's a little ridiculous. We still want to maintain that. I, I'm willing to listen to that. But what I can't stand is once they sound somewhat reasonable, the next words out of their mouth sound like a seven-year-old demanding my way. It's going to be my way. If it's not my way, I'm going to throw a fit because I want to get my way. And it's like, I don't know if uh, the pa- a global pandemic is the time for grownups to start acting like children. In fact, in, in many cases, I think right now, maybe we should just get rid of all of the adults in charge of everything. And maybe Generation Z, maybe just go ahead and hand them control over everything. Just give them everything. Let them be president, Congress, Senate, 
pastors, everything, because the adults have failed everyone. The adults are 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 absolutely irrational, childish, immature, selfish, narcissistic, and all they care about are themselves, and they could care less about anyone else. That's where we have reached as a society. I, I would always expect that to be somewhat true in society. It should never be true inside the church. I just completely don't understand churches, unwill, churches and church members unwilling to just do what they can. Like, I, I mean... I, I bet you very few pastors have received this imaginary phone call, right? Bring, bring. Hello? Hello? Yeah, yeah, this is pastor. What can I do for you? Hey, pastor, um, I, I realize that there's a global pandemic right now. What can I do to better help the church and better help my community? What, what, what can I do to help? What can I do? No, no, you don't get those phone calls. No, 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 no. You, you don't get phone calls of what can we do. You get phone calls of you better do it this way or I'm going to go find another church. You better do. If you do that, I'm not going to show up to church. You're going to do it my way or you're going to, I'm going to, that's what, it's just like a bunch of spoiled brats. You don't get phone calls going, hey, pastor, we're in the middle of a pandemic. What should we do? What is our moral responsibility? How can we minister to people? What should we do? How can we be a, a, a light to the community? What are our, what can we do? What should we do? What is our responsibility? Not about what, what are my rights? How can I defend my rights? But what can I do? It's never about what I can, what can I do to help others? It's about what can be done to give me what I want. That's what it almost always turns into. And that's what I have seen in the church. Now, I've gone 45 minutes, and this has gone completely not the way I wanted it to go. But these things need to be said. These things need to be said. The church, this, I, I, the church's mentality should be, what is our moral responsibility? What is a solution that will help bring this to an end so people will stop dying, people will stop getting sick, and we can get back to life as normal? What is that going to require? What is the solution? I think that those are just like basic things Christians should be asking. And then how can I apply the scripture of loving neighbor, loving enemy, putting others before me, not following myself, denying self, dying to self? What, what, what can, how can, what does that look like to put that into practice in the middle of a pandemic? I, I, I don't know why anything I say, I don't understand why it's so controversial. But Christians lose their minds and then send me emails acting like absolute insane people. It's basically like you talk re reasonable and I get emails from basically Alex Jones. I'm like, okay. Or, or from, you know, QAnon headquarters. I'm like, okay, wow. So there, there goes rationality. There goes insanity. And I, 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 I've reached, I'm just so... I just, I don't even know what to say anymore about any of this. All right, so here's what we'll do. Next one, the next episode, we're going to go back to that apology and listen to what, what we're all supposed to be apologizing for. Um, we'll work through that one more time because I just think it's so, it's just so interesting that that was the featured sermon when Omicron was 
Tri- doubling, tripling, spreading across the United... So while Omicron was spreading across the United States, getting ready to become the dominant variant, well, Sermonadio was airing a sermon where it's like, hey, we need to apologize to America because we didn't... We, we, we well, well you'll, you'll have to hear what they apologize for. Now, you may agree with the apology. At this point, I don't think anybody... At this point, I've basically given up that any, any Christians agree with me. I think I think I have a greater chance now of finding atheists and agnostics who seem to be more reasonable and less selfish than I can find within the body of Christ. And that's pretty frightening. Probably Satanists right now are less selfish than Christians. And I know people can like, how dare you say that? How dare you say that? Well, I, I just said it because that's what I've witnessed and that's what I've seen. And it's, it's sad to witness and it's sad to behold. I don't say it with pleasure. I say it frustrated. I say it irritated. I say it that for many, COVID has created an atmosphere where they can't, don't even feel welcome in a church anymore. That's not acceptable. That's not acceptable. Because nobody was just willing to do a little bit. Like, it's just... So crazy. I, 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 I truly believe that COVID has been a spotlight revealing the true spiritual nature of the church. I think COVID was an opportunity to see, are we going to demonstrate humility selflessness, not selfishness? Are we going to demonstrate love for others? Love for that? What, what are we going to find? And, and, and COVID came in, it was just this huge spotlight. And all we have seen is, well, all the bad and all the dirt and all the wrong way of thinking. And instead of looking at it going, man, let's examine ourselves in light of this COVID situation and see what we can learn about ourselves and what we can do better it's like we've just doubled down and grabbed onto the worst part of ourselves and allowed that to dominate our thinking and our actions and our feelings. It'll be interesting. I wish I wish I would be here to see it. What are the church history books going to say about the church of 2015 to 2022? or 2023, 2015 to 2023, what is history books going to say about the church of this period of time? I don't think it's going to be favorable. I, I think it's going to be extremely negative and extremely condemning. And I think Christians of the future may look back going, what were those people thinking very similar to how we read about Israel going, what were those people thinking? We just happen to be on the wrong side of this in many ways. I'm not saying the government's been right in every aspect. I'm not saying everything that they've called to do has been right. I'm not even saying every decision they've made about COVID has been right because it was a novel coronavirus and we should expect all kinds of back and forth. I think they've, they've been very confusing and at times, I think, not given the best advice. I think we can all agree on that. But my pro- I can't worry about how the government got things wrong. What I have to worry about is how as Christians, what have we gotten right? 
All right, I'll stop right there. You can email me all of your disagreements to newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. All right, God bless.